0: on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3:14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us,
1: Back in the 70s I was in high school and I was in college and I was actually pre I actually had a church while I was in college. I've been, I've been preaching for a long long time. I've been at this church here since the 80s. I came in 1987. If you do the math, I have been here for 3 decades already. 33 years. I've been preaching here I am now 61 years of age. I am in my prime, baby. I am 61 years of age. And so I'm looking at this, this year as 2020. I'm looking at the next 10 years, 2020 to 2030. I'm going to be in 10 years, I'll be. S- 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 I can't say it. I can't say it. But sometime around that window of time, it will just be, it will be time somewhere in that near future, it will be a time to pass the baton, so to speak. And so it's very important that as I looked at these next 10 years, I want them to be used of God. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the first thing we did, we came up with some numerical goals and don't, don't get too bent out of shape or excited over numerical goals. But we run about 10,000. Here's the first. In 10 years time from now, I'd like to see us double in attendance. There's no reason why we can't run 20,000. We run 10,000. Now, people can't believe that. How many of you have in church? Well, we have 10,000 that show up every weekend. They can't. That, that is unbelievable. But in 10 years, it took us three decades to get to 10,000. I think in one decade we can get to 20,000. How many of you believe that? then I'd like to double our yearly baptisms. Instead of this last year, and I'm so excited, we had close to 1,300 people were baptized into Christ. It's, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. Some churches don't even have one for the whole year. We have 13. I think in 10 years, we should be baptizing close to 3,000 people every single year. I, I just think that would be great. And then I'd like to double our yearly missions giving. As you know, This last year, we gave $1.6 million away to mission work all around the globe. It's not just what we do here in L.A. We gave, throughout our offerings, $1.6 million all around the world. I'm hoping we can double that in the next 10 years and give $3.2 million to worldwide missions. Thank you for clapping to that. A few weeks ago, we gathered some leaders in our church and we had a kind of a planning session, and we came up with 16 things as a church that we need to accomplish over the next uh, 10 years. And I'm going to give you the top five. Th- this is in order of importance for us. Number one is we need to have a better assimilation process here at the church. We're not very good at that. It's one of our weak points. And, and, and the reason is we have so many new people that come to church. And we really don't know how you get here. Do you come from that direction? Do you park over there? you come over here? Do you take the tram? Do you fly in on a helicopter? How do you get here? (laughs) But we have so many new people. And as you know, this is true, that about 20% of the people in a church do about 80% of the work. Don't be offended by this. But most people don't do a thing at the church. And what we need at this church, we're never going to get to 20,000 unless we become better at getting people plugged in, using your gifts and your talents, serving the body of Christ. So don't be upset when we get on you or come back and say, hey, we need everybody to be involved, volunteering, using your gifts and talents in some way in the body of Christ. Imagine what we could do if 80% of us were involved actively in ministry here at this church. So... We're, we're looking at doing a better job at assimilating people in our church. Number two, we're going to have to add some more services. We have three services in here. Now, you take a look around. We're at least 80% full here. But if we run 10,000 with three services, we're going to need to have five or six services in order to accommodate 20,000. Does that make sense? Now, we need to do that because this building sits empty most of the week. We use it on Saturday night at 6, and we have two services on Sunday at 9 and 11, and the rest of the week, it's, it's basically empty. And so we need to be a better steward of this facility and add more services and give people more opportunities to come to church. Can you say amen? amen. Number three, we're going to add additional campus sites. We currently have a campus in Woodland Hills. Uh, they run about 1,000 over there on that campus. We have a campus up in Aqua Dulce. And uh, we've tried starting churches in sev- several areas, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. But we believe in our 10-year strategy. We're going to need to start uh, uh, several other campuses. Number four on your list, we're, no, we're going to try to develop our online campus. We have thousands of people who watch every weekend online. And we want to develop that and really try. If that's, if that's what people are doing, we need to develop that in, in a much better way. And number five, obviously, we need to develop younger leaders. So in the course of the next 10 years, you'll see younger and younger people on this stage uh, because we need to be a part of preparing the next generation. Amen? Now, all of this is underneath the umbrella of two pillars that will never change. We exist for the purpose of lifting up Jesus. And number two, to preach boldly, uncompromising Politically incorrect. The preaching of the word of God. Those two pillars will never change here at this church. Now take your outlines and turn it over, if you would, uh, and grab your Bibles. Let me see your Bibles. Raise them up. I want to see them if you have them. And turn to Psalm chapter thirty-three. Psalm chapter thirty-three. We're kicking off a new decade, a new year. A decade of destiny. Everybody say a decade of destiny. But we still have this one year, and this year we're going to focus on a thing called hope. I want you to write that down. Hope. I'll explain all this to you. If I were to ask you to explain what hope means to whoever you're sitting next to, some of you would have a hard time. Hope is a hard thing to kind of explain. Hope does not mean I wish something happens. Hope in the Bible, when you put your hope in something, it's not I wish that this all works out. Hope means that you know it's all going to work out. And as you look up all the definitions, and I've done this as we've studied this word for this year, there's a phrase that's tied to the word hope. The true definition, I want you to write this down because this is kind of the theme for this year. It's called leaping in expectation. Leaping in expectation. It's not that like God calls you to do something and you like, you walk up to the line and you go, okay, let me think about this. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, hope in putting your faith and trust in God is when you leap in obedience. And when you leap, In obedience, you're not wondering if it's all gonna work out. You leap knowing that everything is going to work out according to God's plan. There's a big difference there. Now, you know we live in a divided world. We're living in a crazy time. We're living in a divided culture. And as bad as things are now, how many of you think things are bad now? They're gonna get a whole lot worse in the next few months. Why? Well, because we have a presidential election in just a few months. This year in November will be a presidential election. So as crazy and as divided as things are now, in a few months, things are going to be crazy times crazy. Both sides try to demonize the other side. Both sides are trying to divide this country. And as Christians, instead of being fearful... Instead of being weary, and i got to tell you, I'm weary of it all, instead of being caught up in the bickering and the division, I want us to understand that our problems will never be solved by our government. Our problems are never going to be solved by technology, no matter how great it becomes. Our problems will never be solved by a robust economy. They will never be solved by a better educational system, which we need. Our problems will never be uh, solved by a Republican president or a Democrat president or even a Libertarian president. Our problems are of a spiritual nature. And the only solution to a spiritual problem is a spiritual solution. Therefore, our hope our trust, our faith should be in God and in God alone. When I think of hope, I think of my two-year-old grandson who today I can put him on a tabletop and stand back and I can watch that grandson, he will run off that table and leap off the edge into his arms because he knows his papa will catch him. And in the same way, when we think about the future, we don't know, really know what's going to happen in the future. And God calls you to leap into certain areas of his kingdom. And as you leap in faith and trust in God, you don't need to worry, is God real? Is God able? Will God sustain me? When you leap, you leap expecting God to catch you. You leap knowing that God is capable that god is available you leap knowing that god is going to provide for you and sustain you that god is for you and not against you i leap into the future expecting now as we look into the future 2020 in the next decade we don't really know exactly what's going to happen but as we leap we know that no matter what we go through we know that god will be there if i put my faith and trust in him and in Him alone. That the most important thing that we do looking forward is to put our hope and trust in a holy God. Nothing else really matters if you can get that point straight. Amen? And I want to give you, with the limited time that I have left, four things, four reasons why we put our hope in God alone. Number one, if you're taking notes, He alone is faithful in all that he does, I want you to circle the word all. How many of you know? How many of you know that God alone is faithful? I want you to look at some of these verses. These are reasons, again, why we're going to put our hope in God. The first reason is that he's faithful. Why would you trust in any other entity? Only God is faithful now i want you to look at verse 1 psalm 33 verse 1 sing joyfully to the lord you righteous how many of you are saved how many of you are saved well you're the righteous and you ought to be singing joyfully to the lord verse 1 says it is fitting for the upright to praise him praise the lord with the heart Make music to him on the ten stringed instruments. Sing to him a new song some, we sing a new song in church today. some people are, why are we singing a new song? Because the Bible says we're supposed to sing a new song. <laughs> sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout <laughs> for joy something something just it just it just makes sense. It's it's fitting. It's fitting for those of us that have been saved, for those of us that have been redeemed to come together and to worship him and to praise him and to sing to him and to shout to him. It just makes sense. It's fitting for us to do that. There was a church in Texas. They they had uh uh, they, you know, they had instruments, and one day they added a saxophone, and, and they had the person was playing, and they had a couple that came to church and saw the saxophone, and the couple got offended. And the husband said, we're never going back to that church. And the reason was because he, had, uh, he used to be in the clubs, and he associated the saxophone with the nightclubs. And so it offended him when he came to the house of God and saw the saxophone in the worship team now in case you don't know what that's called that's called legalism is what that is so the couple they said we're never going back to that church people quit over the silliest things and so they go back home and they're not going back to church the preacher hears about what happened and so he goes and he visits this couple and he says before you quit can i just share with you the testimony of the person who was playing the saxophone?" the guy says, well, okay, I'll let you tell Well, What's the story? Well, the guy that's playing the saxophone in our church, just so you know, he recently got saved out of the nightclub scene. And for years, he played that saxophone in the clubs. And after he got saved, he came to us. He knocked on our door. And here's what he said. He said, Pastor... I've been playing this saxophone all these years for the devil in the nightclubs. You know, I got saved. So what I'd like to start doing, if you don't mind, I have this gift, this talent, this ability. I would love to play the saxophone for Jesus Christ now if I could do that. Well, the man, after he heard that story, he decided to come back to church and ended up being friends with the saxophone player. There's something fitting about a man or a woman. Once you get saved, you can't wait to get to the house of the Lord, use your hands, your voice, your heart, your skills for the purpose of just praising God. Why would we do that? Well, because of verse four, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God is really the only person I know of that is faithful in all He does. I've been in ministry for four decades. I I have spent my life in the church. And after spending my entire life in church, one of the things that I've learned is that the only person that is truly faithful is none of us it's only him it's god every day he holds the stars of the universe in his hands every day he clothes the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds of the air every day he allows you to see another sunrise and another sunset every day his mercies endures and his grace sustains The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His words are true. His words are right. His faithfulness is same today, every day. It's only fitting that you and I would praise him and put our faith and trust in him. The second reason we put our hope in God alone, write this down, is he alone is full of unfailing love. His love is unfailing Verse 5 says that the Lord loves righteousness, and he loves justice. And then it says the earth. Everybody say the earth. And he's talking about, and I'll show this to you, he's talking about the physical earth. As you look at the earth, it's full of his what? Unfailing love. And if you read the next few verses, I don't have time to read them. But the next few verses, he talks about creation. He talks about how God put the stars up there in the sky. It talks about how he gathered up the waters, the oceans of the deep like waters in a jar. The idea is that creation, the heavens and the earth and the moon and the sun and the stars and the flowers and the trees and the mountains and the streams and the rivers and the lakes and the oceans, that God created all of it for your enjoyment for your pleasure why would he do that because he loves you his love is unfailing it's all a part of God's loving his creation you know when I look at God's creation and I you know I I love being outdoors and just anything outdoors I like I like to be a part of and whenever I think about it I always think you know God he overdid it How many of you know that stars are pretty amazing if you think about it? And God could have. He could have said, you know what, I'm going to impress these people. I think I'm going to put 12 of these stars up there. 12, that'd be great. And he went one there and one there and one there. like 12 of them. When you look up, you'd see 12 stars. And I, I, I bet if people looked up and they saw these stars, they're going to be blown away by these 12 stars that's not what god did god said i'm not only going to give him a star i'm going to give him billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions billions." why would he make so many just because he loves you he's trying to out he's trying to out show, show himself how much he loves you i think about the food that he gave us to eat what if he said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna really love the i'm gonna provide these people i'm gonna give them one food let's see i'm gonna give them spinach tea that's the only thing they can eat spinach for breakfast spinach for lunch spinach for dinner oh you want a snack here here have some more spinach but that's not what God did he gave us all kinds of fruit all kinds of vegetables he gave us steak and he gave us steak and he gave us steak and he gave us fish and 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 poultry he gave us tacos Sushi. French fries. Chocolate. I, I was listening to a radio show, and the guy was talking about spices, and he said, he was talking about two spices, sugar and cinnamon. He said, those two spices, there's, there's all kinds of spices, but cinnamon and sugar, when you put those two, to, any, anything with sugar and cinnamon, they, those two spices were made for each other. Those two spices were made for me. He could have made just one color of flower, but he made dozens of different colors and types of flowers. He made thousands of different plants. On top of that, he gives you air to breathe and water to drink and sunsets to see. Psalm 19 talks about that all of creation is just the handiwork of God. He did all that for you because he loves you. And then on top of that, you think about the fact that God gave up his one and only son besides what he created that He gave you His one and only Son. You can't help but put your faith and hope and trust in Him because His love is unfailing for you.
0: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. Four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
2: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change
0: everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.